0: Hey Ron, we have the crazy fortunate um, couple of guests that joined us this past week uh, for some interviews, and we we had to move them to the front of the line.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy how you know people say the universe conspires to give you what you want at that particular time. You know, we had Colton last week, so if you missed that show, please go check it back, uh, check it out. It is truly about anxiety to help people especially in this time and i think you know our next two guests when we started down this path we didn't know this is what we would end up doing
0: yeah i mean we had we had brad gibb on the calendar for over a month and you know the 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 virus was in china only at that point or close to it right like right we definitely we had no plans to to do anything like this but then ryan agreed to to join us.
1: He actually joined us before Brad on the same day. <laughs> yep. So
0: <laughs> we, we spent some good quality time with Ryan Lee and uh, he's who's coming up next. But then later that day we talked to Brad Gibb and the, the conversations were so good that we just had to do something special.
1: Right. And it, it you know, we're going to break everyone's interviews over the next, what, four days. And then we're all going to come back together because we decided to jump in, into their five-day challenge.
0: Yeah. So Monday we got Ryan. Right. And Tuesday is part two of Ryan. Uh, Wednesday, Brad Gibb. Then Thursday, part two of Brad Gibb. Correct. And then what's happening Friday?
1: Friday, we're going to have you, me, Brad, Ryan, all together. And we're going to just talk about the five-day challenge that you and I are currently going through.
0: Yeah, and that has been some eye-opening stuff. But for now, let's get to it. If you are like we were, stuck and searching there is so
1: much out there we were searching and searching so we decided to follow our passion of helping people achieve their goals helping others that are feeling stuck on this podcast we plan to cut through all that noise give you actionable steps from highly successful people so that you can have better foresight through others hindsight this is hindsight hacking
0: All right, welcome everyone. We are joined by our special guest today, Mr. Ryan Lee. He is a co founder of Cash Flow Tactics. So, if you're ever wondering how you can become financially free in 10 years or less, and you got to listen today. So your net worth is not, as we are made to believe, a measure of freedom because true freedom allows you to spend time with the people you want, where you want, and when you want because your income isn't limited to your time. So the gu- the guinea pig of the 10-year plan is with us today. Mr. Ryan Lee, how are
2: you? Thank you so much for being here. What is up, everyone? So excited. And I'm, I'm, I've never been introduced as the guinea pig, so that makes me really excited. I like that tagline. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is awesome, Ryan. I'm excited to have you on. I just, I'm excited to get my learn on today, you know, so yes. we, we kind of talked briefly uh, about this before the show started, you know, you have a new, new podcast, but you're not new to this process, right? So if you can give right. everyone a quick little like backstory about you and how you got to, you know, step one to now.
2: Yeah. You know what? So for me, um, with flow Tactics, it's really interesting. We were just talking about this. You know, I feel like we started casual Tactics for me, right? I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't run the corporate rat race for the rest of my life. And I had to find a different solution. So for me, I was kind of what my dad likes to call a knucklehead back in the day. Um, I didn't go to school. In fact, I dropped out of high school And, you know, it took me a little while to get my life on track. And once I got my life on track, you know, all of the social conditioning kicked in for me. And I knew without ever questioning it, you go to school. So that's what I did. I started really behind. So I didn't start college until I was 23. And so my entire objective was to get through school as fast as I can, because on the other side of school is what? A paycheck. Right. And so I remember in college, um, you know, I went through college. I took like 25 credits every single semester. I did my four-year degree in two years. And um, I remember in college I had some side hustles that I would run to pay for college, and I remember graduating college. Um, You know, I got my first paycheck, the very first paycheck. I had to move. You know, my wife and I we moved to Tucson, Arizona for our new career, and I remember the first paycheck I got. I was looking at that paycheck after a college degree and two weeks in the corporate or two weeks in the corporate world, and when I looked at that paycheck, I was making less in my corporate career than I did in a weekend in my side hustle during college. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I should just quit now. But again, social conditioning kicked in. And my, the other side of that equation was I decided to climb the corporate ladder as fast as I possibly could. And you know, for the next four, almost five years, it was, it was crazy. I mean, every six to eight months, 12 months, there was a new promotion, a new territory, a new move. I mean, we lived in like seven different states. We were all over the place. And I got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore i realized you know for 40 years i can't i can't be this guy i can't do this because with every promotion that i took i felt like i was trading something i was giving something away that mattered to me i was losing connection with my wife with my family at that point i lived in a different state than my family twice because i traveled so much and you know i kept thinking i could save my way out of it and so blindly i kept throwing all my money into the stock market and you know 401ks and all of that and this led right up to two thousand eight. And in 2008, I lost almost 80% of what I had saved for my quote unquote retirement at that point. And that was a major wake up call for me. I realized, man, I can't do this for 40 years. I can't figure out how to retire, obviously with the 401k. So I got to do something different. And this started me down the rabbit hole that was in the beginning, exciting, exciting, but a little bit dangerous, right? Because it it, it opened me up to the realization that traditional finance will never, ever, ever work, ever. Not just for me, but for no one, it just doesn't work. And so that's what started me down the path of trying to figure out a way to become financially free as fast as possible. And that's really where it all started for for me. Um, You know, you fast forward for the next couple of years, I implemented what we teach inside of Cashflow Tactics with tons of errors, tons of mistakes. That's why I say I'm the guinea, or why you guys say I'm the guinea pig, right? Because I learned all the lessons the hard way, but along the way, I found a few things that actually worked, and that's really what we doubled down on. For me personally, for Brad, my business partner inside of Cashflow Tactics, and now for everyone inside of our our community, we teach them a principle-based approach to becoming financially free in 10 years or less.
0: Wow. So- Uh, You hit on a little bit on your side hustle and making more, uh, you know, even in college. uh, Can you go into a little more detail of what that side hustle was? And then I remember when your earlier episodes of your show, you talked about how you ended up getting even trapped in within that because, you know, it was almost became a full time
2: job, it seemed, right? yeah, there was, so there were a couple things with that. So my my side hustle in college was actually really simple. <laughs> I had a truck uh, because I liked a mountain bike. I liked to camp, all that stuff. And I don't know how they I'm pretty sure they do that in Colorado, but here in Utah, they aerate lawns, right? I mean, you you've got those big machines that poke holes in your lawn. And so i I would get a couple of those machines and I had a trailer. And I would pick up a bunch of high school kids and we would go knock doors. And, you know, those machines are just big and cumbersome. And if we don't aerate your lawn, you got to figure out how to do it. And everyone wants their lawn aerated. So we'd go out on a Saturday and just knock doors and say, hey, I've got an aerator on the trailer. I'll do the, I'll aerate your lawn and, you know, we'll fertilize it while we're here. And I would let the high school kids keep 50% of their profits and I would keep the other 50%. And so I'd get like five or six guys with me. We'd go knock neighborhoods, spend the entire day and we'd clear, you know, four or $5,000 dollars in a Saturday, you know, aerating lawns, and that's how I paid for college. Um, but where I got stuck, man, is, you know, inside of cash flow tactics, what we teach is we teach doing, so we teach that your, your measurement of financial freedom is when your cash flow exceeds your expenses, right? That's what, no matter what you've invested in, we want to look at the investment based on the income that it generates and how long that income will last and how passive it is. Now, one of the best ways to generate uh, cash flow is real estate and you know i read the book rich dad poor dad as i was trying to figure out alternative strategies for my 401k and in rich dad poor dad you know number 1 i realized everything that i was doing up to that point was wrong <laughs> and then number 2 you know he talked a lot about real estate so i thought my key and my golden ticket was to do real estate and so i jumped into real estate head first and i started buying real estate and you know after i got 3 properties in That's where I realized, again, I had made every mistake in the book that you could make. I was doing real estate completely actively. I had a full-time career, right? I was still holding down my career, and I was working easily 50, 60 hours a week, and then I had to come home and spend hours and hours and hours finding properties, rehabbing properties, renovating properties. And I'll be honest with you guys, you know, I am the worst property manager in the entire world, right? I mean, if, if my tenants would call me up and say, hey, Ryan, I can't pay my rent, I would cry on the phone with them. And we'd cry together about their sob story. And then at the end of it, I was like, well, I guess I'm paying the rent for them, you know? And. By the end of three properties, I realized I had a part-time job in real estate that I wasn't very good at. And for me, it all came crashing down. So I was up in Rapid City, South Dakota, because back in my corporate days, I sold hospital beds and medical equipment. And I'm up in Rapid City, South Dakota. I have a boardroom full of of uh, medical practitioners and doctors. I'm trying to close this big cell. And my phone just kept ringing, boom, boom, boom. You know, Call after call after call. And I kept looking down at it and every phone call was from the same area code but a different phone number. So I realized something was going on. Now, this wasn't anything new. I'm a horrible property manager. And so I step out of the boardroom And I had like several voicemails just stacked up back to back to back. And so I started going through the voicemails and I had a voicemail from one of my tenants who was crying just uncontrollably saying it was a mistake. She was so sorry. I had a voicemail from a tenant that was so bad. I should have evicted that guy months before. And he told me that it was not his fault, right? It was the neighbor's fault. And then several voicemails from, you know, the neighbors of the property that I own saying they were going to sue me. And then I had a a voicemail from a police officer and I called the police officer up and it turned out that this tenant actually shot a neighbor's cat, like just obliterated the cat in the middle of a crowded neighborhood. And guys, at that moment, like I felt like I was failing again. You know, three years prior, I had lost everything in the 401k. Now I'm in, in real estate thinking that was my ticket and I had a part-time job that I sucked at. And at that moment, I just wanted to throw the phone against the wall and just throw up my arms and say, there is no such thing as financial freedom. It does not exist. But for me, again, luckily, I always find my answers usually by doing introspection and by study. And I found my answer in Think and Grow Rich. And I found it in an odd place. But, you know, in Think and Grow Rich, they, uh, Henry Ford talks about a story where he was taken to court, you know, by, you know, an ignorant, you know, journalist who was accusing him of being the most ignorant businessman of the time. And, you know, in court you know, they're, they're accusing him. He doesn't know how to put together an engine. He doesn't know how to assemble a car. He has no business running Ford Motor Company. And finally, Henry Ford holds up his hand and says, you guys, let me assure you, I have a row of electronic push buttons on my desk. And if I push the right button, someone will come to my aid and do the job that I want them to do. And boom, a light bulb went off for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do everything in real estate. I need to be Henry Ford. I need to own and control a process and I need to have a row of electronic push buttons. <laughs> so I'm glad it didn't quit, but that's what, what turned my focus around to saying, okay, look, it's not how much cash flow it generates, it's how much cash flow it generates passively to me. And so I built a system to develop passive income to where I could own and control my time. I think that's amazing. I think if
1: if people would just take a minute, especially the entrepreneurs out there that are working a job, I think there's a fine line of Like you said, you're working 40 to 50 hours a week. And then you have this entrepreneurial vision that you want to do. And if you have a family and you have kids, there's a fine line between entrepreneurship and life consumption, right? Like I've used to own a couple of restaurants, um, done a a couple of different gigs and I can get consumed pretty quickly, right? So it's, it's around staying balanced in that approach. But I think you, you touched on a lot of different things there, but I love the piece where you're talking about the passive income piece. Can you touch on that just a tad bit more?
2: Totally. Um, our entire company. So I'm not sure if this is a video podcast, but behind me, you guys see the sign that says, rise up, live free. Right. And we built when we when we branded this, we we took so much effort and so much attention. You know, we we started building the strategy with people. Cause along the way, as as we were both Brad and I were implementing the strategy in our own lives, we were getting results. And once we dialed into the things that actually worked, we eliminated everything else and just focused. And you know, along the way, we started getting a lot of people asking us what we did and how we were doing it. And we realized we had a tremendous passion to empower people with money. So that they could live the best version of their life possible. Because I believe the number one thing that holds people back is money, right? And most people trade the best days, months, and years of their life in the pursuit of money, hoping that one day when they have quote unquote enough money, they can buy their time back. And that's the most dangerous and insidious lie in all of traditional finance, that one day you're going to have enough money and you should just defer, defer, defer for that magical day of retirement. So what we talk about is our objective, our goal is not to retire you. Our, our goal is not for you to sit on a beach for the rest of your life because that's not what humans are meant to do. Our goal is to empower you with money so you own and control your time so you can live a purpose-driven life. And the only way that this that this is possible is if your assets generate passive income. Right? The biggest mistake that I made in the beginning is thinking that real estate was going to free me. And I bought real like I, I spent hours and hours trying to find property. And then once I found it, I had to rehab the property. And then once I rehabbed it, I had to find a tenant. And you know, with every property that I added to the portfolio, it added more time, and I realized after three properties, I just couldn't scale any further. So you know, taking a step back and realizing what I was wanting, and this is, was a major epiphany for me, and I don't know why. I don't think many people really ask themselves the question what they want their financial plan to do for themselves. I just wanted my time. I wanted my time so I could be more intentional with the life that I was living. I wanted the permission to quit a corporate job. I wanted the permission to start a business, not having to have the scarcity and the urgency of having to make it work in the very first week because I didn't have anything standing behind me. I wanted to have the ability to own and control my time. So everything comes down for us to passive income exceeding your expenses. And that becomes a target, that becomes something that we can understand, we can measure, I know what my expenses are, now I just need to build on the other side of that equation and assets, you know, a base of assets that will will disseminate spendable income to me that cover my expenses. Now, when I say it's passive, I believe, you know, passive income is a little bit of a lie, right, in the sense that it's told, right? It's not mailbox money, I don't, you know, I can't just close my eyes for the next five years and everything's gonna work out perfectly. I spend about three to five hours a month managing my system. It's managing my team. It's managing the expectations. It's managing the success or not of that process and then constantly making tweaks to it. And, but I spend three to five hours a month and I generate more cash flow on that three to five hours a month than exceed my, that, then that that cover my expenses. That for me is financial freedom. Nice, nice. All right. So uh, two questions
0: for you. One. Rise up, live free.
2: Yeah. Give me the definition of that. All right. I love this. I love this. All right. So, man, here's the thing. You know, when when you talk to any financial advisor out there, right, what do they want to talk to you about? They want to talk to you about, hey, we're better than that guy. We're better than this person. We're better than that firm because we earn X, you know, X percent return. They earn, you know, this, we earn that. At the end of the day, none of that matters, right? It just doesn't matter. And so when we were putting all of this together, um, I, I was blessed. I feel like you know, I, I. I so when I was growing up, I, my I, I didn't grow up with musicals, right? And I, like I never went to musicals. I never went to theater or anything like that. That was not in, in my lifestyle. But I married an amazing woman. It was very sophisticated. And uh, one of the very first dates that we went on, we went to see uh, What's the Wizard of Oz show? Really good. Um, dang it, I forget what it is. Ah, whatever. But we went to see a, a musical and man, I fell in love. It was so awesome. It was just amazing. And so now I'm a big, I'm a big fan of musicals. Now, what the heck does this have to do with Rise Up, Live Free? You know, <laughs> as we were putting all of this together, um, my wife and I, we went annually, like we do, we went on a trip and we went to the musical Hamilton. And it's about Alexander Hamilton and really the foundation of a lot of the the, the Declaration of Independence, <clears throat> the, you know really the freedom that was built behind our, our country and inside of one of his, like I felt like that musical was singing right to me. He talked about all the time through the musical that your time is precious, that it's time for you to rise up, wise up and, and move forward and be proactive. And in all of this, you know, we realized that the people that we want to serve they're not people looking for someone to come save them, right? The people that, that resonate with our message, they're not waiting for the next you know, election. So hopefully the politicians in the Oval Office will do what they need them to do. They're not waiting for Social Security. They're legitimate people that are willing to do the work. They're willing to take control of their lives. They just need a game plan and a path. So number one for us, I do not believe that anyone will care more about the success of your financial plan than you, period. And if you try to defer your plan, your financial plan to someone else, you will always be misguided. You will always be let down and you will never get what you want. So the very first thing inside of our community is to rise up, to take control of your money. Because think about it this way. We're talking about financial freedom. Money represents what you're currently trading your time for. But it also represents the tool that you have to use to buy your time back. So we wanna be very intentional with that money. So rising up is step number one. And then the pathway to to, to getting what we want is knowing that time is our most valuable asset. That's living free. And so, so much of our education is actually empowering people to let go of one day. Like we're not building for retirement. Cash flow greater than expenses, it becomes a lifestyle. When you understand how to play this game, like in the beginning for my wife and I, we cut down our expenses because we were so focused on financial freedom. But over the last several years, as my kids are growing up, as our financial plan has been working, we've gone back to that equation over and over and over again, with now the intention of increasing our expenses. We know on the other side, we have to continue to increase our cash flow and we know how to play the game. So it's not a destination, it's a lifestyle. So that's really where Rise Up Live Free came from, is taking control, rising up, and then living, active tense, living free along the way. Nice. And, and then
0: the second part of that question, um, is, I mean, you mentioned time as, as, a, as an asset, but what is your view as the, what the number
2: one asset that all of us is in this equation? Time, I mean, so, we, so oh, the number one asset in the entire equation. So time is the outcome. Time is the objective. That's what we want. The number one asset in, in our opinion, and this is where the idea of Rise Up comes from, is your best investment is you. It's you listening to this podcast right now. What we tell people right now is the only thing that's standing in the way of you getting what you want, you being free, you living the ideal life and where you're at today. It's not the next investment. It's not the next piece of real estate. It's not evolved. It's not all the tools that we talk about in cash flow Tactics. It's you. It's improving and investing first and foremost in your mindsets, your skill sets, and your network. That is the best, the, the single most best investment that you can make is in one of those three areas. Because if you think about it, everything after that, it's all external to you. Once you've invested in your mindset skills, that's a network, right? You can see a vision, you can see, you can understand things mentally, and then you can take that mental vision and create a physical product or a physical offer. And then your network is what helps you, you know, level up your game. But once you do that, dollars follow value. Like, if you can invest in yourself, dollars follow value. And if you can learn how to make money, then everything after that is easy, right? Making money, then it's easy to figure out how to protect it and turn it into cash flow. Our number one objective is to empower you, the entrepreneur, empower you, what we call the producer, to be a pr- producer out there to create more value than you consume. And then at that point, protecting your money and turning it into cash flow, it's simple.
1: I love the piece that you talked about passive income creating you know all of your your minimum income you need is passively right so you know i'll go back to when, when i owned a restaurant and i basically bought a job so i felt i needed to do what any restauranteer would do i bought i don't know another restaurant right because i was like oh that, that'll fix it no it just <laughs> gave be less time for what i wanted to do um and yeah. You know, uh, I love the, the equation of trying to get your, your time back through your mindset, your skill set, and your network, and investing in that. I think nowadays, there's, there's a huge shift happening in, just in the world. You know, how many people are now in a position where they have time that they didn't necessarily have or want, and they're forced to slow down and reevaluate?
2: Totally. Right. Yeah, you got it, Ron. I, you know, I think right now, you know, the way I look at this, um, so I believe that life, life is going to do what life is going to do. Right now, it's up to each one of us with our unique paradigm and our perspective. Right, and life can happen the way right now the way it's happening, and the two two people could look at what's happening right now and have two completely different experiences, even though life is unfolding in the exact same way for both people. So I believe that those two perspectives and paradigms are life is happening to you, right? There's a lot of people out there that are a victim of life. They're a victim of their circumstances. They're a victim of the inevitable, right? Because life is, it's not meant to be peaches and cream. It's not meant to be this smooth sailing all the way throughout life. Life will give us the experiences that we need to become the person capable of getting what we want, right? So if you're if you if you're a victim, right, life is happening to you and, and you're, ne- you're just constantly in this cycle of, well, maybe the next politician, maybe the next stock market cycle, maybe the next raise will do it for me, maybe the next thing, everything's external to you, right? Which means no matter what happens, you're a victim of it. But on the other side of that spectrum, life can also happen for you. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's simple, but it does empower you, the individual, to look at what life is serving you right now and say, what can I learn? Who must I become to get to the next challenge, the next opportunity that life is going to give me? And that's really, again, going back to this idea of rising up, you know, a lot of people we're, we're not trying to be the best financial advisors out there for all people, because we realize most people don't want to hear our message for most people. They just want a golden ticket, right? They want the government to come in and save them, whatever that might be, but you're never free. If that's what, if that's the life you're living, you are never free. You have sold your freedom because you're unwilling to take personal responsibility and accountability. If you want to be free. It causes you I mean you have to look at life no matter how difficult it is and say life is happening for me what can I learn what can I take and who must I become
0: thanks everyone I hope you enjoyed part one of Ryan D Lee of cash flow tactics feel free to go to CashflowTactics.com to check out everything that they've got going on I know this time people have a lot of questions around money so Check out cashflowtactics.com for more info.
1: And my takeaways from today's show, always have an open mind, especially when it comes to your finances and your financial future. You never know if you need to pivot or what's going to make the best you out there. And number two, what is it going to take for you to become the you that you need to be in the future? Don't forget, tomorrow we'll have part two of this amazing interview with Ryan Lee, So please tune in. Also, we wanted to personally thank you for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.